Welcome to Pragmatic Talks, a podcast and video series where we discuss startups, contemporary digital product development, modern technologies, and product management. I am Viktor Lunovsky, a CEO of Pragmatic Coders, the first choice software development partners for startup founders. Today, together with Darek Mosgovoy, one of our best product managers, we are going to discuss the Scrum framework. You will learn more about the Scrum itself, but what is more important, we will help you understand how Scrum can help you build digital products in the startup environment. Welcome at Pragmatic Talks. Today we are going to discuss Scrum. What is Scrum and how startups could use Scrum to their everyday uh, work. For today's episode, I invited Darek Mosgovoy, uh, who is uh, one of our product owners. Uh, so welcome, Darek. Welcome. It's great that you join me today. Uh, so Darek, you've been starting as a software developer a couple of years ago. Then you've been a Scrum master, aside of software developer role. That's correct. And today you are you are a product owner. Yes, that's correct. So you had a chance to actually uh, work in the Scrum in a different roles, in all of the roles, take a look at it from, from various perspectives. So this is exactly why I invited you for, for this discussion, uh, because I, be, I believe that your insights might be very, very, very uh, valuable for everyone. But the first question is uh, if you could describe Scrum in a very short uh, way for someone who never heard about it and so what is Scrum in a, in a very short form? Okay, uh, I, to me, the Scrum, Scrum is like a, a kind of mental model, which uh, allows um, teams and people uh, learn quickly and in an environment which, is, um, which have a high risk and uh, it did these iterations and, and the Scrum itself helps to mitigate the risks and provide the value. Okay, uh, I believe we'll talk about it a little bit more later so um scrum is a mental model for you uh so how does it work uh, so is there any any rules yeah in, in principles the the scrum um based on something uh, this is the framework as called the framework consists of uh, important things which uh, define the boundaries and these things like uh, pillars the three pillars in scrum uh, and values Mm -hmm. five, uh, five values for Scrum, and that's the basis, most important to understand what that means, pillars, and what it means, what the values uh, actually means uh, in, in, the, in the context of uh, building the product. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's all. Um, so there are three pillar, pillars, and how many values? And five values. Five values. Okay, let's maybe start with them. So uh, when I, I learned uh, Scrum, and when I am teaching now, people using Scrum. The beginning actually is about the values because uh, what I believe when we understand the values, uh, when we know what the value means for the product development, um, then the Scrum boundaries actually create themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you um, keep the values in your mind and you use the values and try to make these values alive in the teams, uh, then everything else becomes very simple. Mm -hmm. So um, then they just listed these values as like commitment, courage, uh, openness, um, um, respect. Yeah. So if we think about those values, um, all of them somehow committed to the um, good team uh, operation. Mm -hmm. um, and if we don't have these values, that's the common problem actually in the market. Uh, 
that uh, people think that it's enough to use kind of um, mechanical thinking, using mechanical scrum, like do some events and have some um, artifacts, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't think about the values. And most of them, when they use it in this way, uh, they end up complaining about Scrum. It's not working. Uh, and the, the root cause of this not working Scrum is because the values and the pillars are not there. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is very important to understand and, and teach people to use it. And this, uh, I believe, the, one of the main point of the work of the Scrum Master in the team to understand the values and looking for the misunderstanding of these values in, in the team. Mm -hmm. individual members of the team. Yeah. We'll get back to the Scrum Master role uh, as well. But you mentioned also something very, very important that Scrum is for teams. Yes. It's not for a random group of people who are just developing something, but you need to have a team to actually work in Scrum. So what should be the first, Scrum or the team? Uh, <laughs> or it doesn't matter. Or maybe uh, if you already have a team, it's much easier to implement Scrum. And if you have a group of people Scrum maybe make maybe may you help you with making turning them into the team. Hmm. Then I believe both ways could mm, could be possible. Mm -hmm. uh, when we start from uh, from a Scrum, so we know how the Scrum Scrum works, and we try to invite people, and then we can teach them about the values and pillars and and the methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, then they can create a team. Mm -hmm. But if you have already a team. Um, it's also possible, I think, but um, the team could have already uh, have some um, principles which they uh, discover or they um, implemented in the work they are mm -hmm. doing. Sometimes they are against the Scrum. So they have some kind of culture, team culture yes. that they already have and it may be okay. Yeah. So then, uh, then the role of the Scrum Master and the team is to, to explain them um, how to fit into the new environment. Um, because uh, as the Scrum Guide um, teaches us, that's ev um, if we do something um, which we don't do something which is Scrum to Scrum, it's not Scrum anymore. So if people do not um, like implement the values and then believe the values, have some different culture, mm -hmm. this is not a Scrum anymore. So just just a short disclaimer that Scrum Guide is a 16-page long. Yes, I, I don't even want to call it a book. I guess it's a document that actually describe, describes what is Scrum. So everyone who wants to learn more about Scrum, uh, I strongly recommend you to uh, visit scrumguides.org and you can download your copy of this Scrum Guide document. Uh, I believe it's translated to more than 50 languages, so you can do this in whatever language, uh, language you, you, you speak. Uh, but I strongly recommend to download the English version because that was the original one. And there are a couple of uh, words that have a different meaning when, meanings when translated. For example, uh, commitment or uh, or uh, responsibility or, or things like this. Like in different language languages, uh, those words uh, have different meanings, and there are, there are different words that uh, that they are translated to. And sometimes the, the the correct meaning may be lost. So aside of reading the scrum guide in your language, please also. Try to read in in English in the original version. Uh, that that is the most correct one, I believe. So, okay. So you you mentioned uh, already the the values of the Scrum. What are the three pillars? Pillars. 
Uh, it, when we teaching people, it always uh, there is like a picture of a house where the values are fundamentals, and the the pillars are the pillars, and they keeping the roof. And uh, so the pillars are very important, and they like uh, growing or rising from from the values. Mm -hmm. And the three pillars are transparency, inspection, and adaptation. So all these uh, three things. Um, we can discuss further what that means. Actually, uh, they building the um, the titles in a Scrum, which allow us to mitigate the risk and, and deliver value. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was teaching people uh, how to work in Scrum, uh, I was always explaining uh, the inspect and adapt, inspect inspection adaptation uh, through the air conditioner, right? We have right here. Uh, that uh, air conditioner works in a way that you set a proper temperature and it's constantly measure it and adjust uh, to to achieve the goal that that is the target temperature. But uh, without the transparency, like for example, here we have this uh, lamp that is uh, putting light on on us, uh, and uh, it also generates heat. So actually, our transparency is uh, interrupted by by that, and the air conditioner is. Uh, is is working pretty hard right now and cooling much more than it should be because uh, the lamp is uh, is increasing okay. the temperature. So this is why why transparency is very important to actually correctly inspect and adapt in Scrum. That's correct. Okay, so we already mentioned Scrum Guide. Uh, I've uh, recently I've heard from from some um, s some person who worked for one of our clients that uh, for him a scrum guide uh, is or, or the scrum at all uh, is just a suggestion uh, what do you think about it it's kind of mm -hmm. but i'm very careful i'll be very careful with this word suggestion because mm -hmm. we not suggest do a couple of things and not do a couple of other things which uh, is in scrum guide we kind of have to implement everything to be sure that we are on correct in scrum mm -hmm. um, but scrum um, uh, do not um, doesn't um, do it explicitly to show us what to do. It is like do the refinement or do the um, kind of uh, management of the backlog, but it's not saying how to do it. And this uh, give us say, um, like a space mm -hmm. for um, implement the tools, whatever we want. And the, the so it's like a flexible. Uh, that means that the Scrum is not actually the same from the different uh, teams. They mm -hmm. can develop um, some kind of um, tools and processes they, which fits their the culture mm -hmm. for these teams, exactly. But they are still working in some frames. In some frames, and those frames have to be like fulfilled. Uh, they cannot be like, mm -hmm. uh, we keep only um, third part of this field. It mm -hmm. have to be everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it, we always um, try to um, help people to imagine how it works. If, if you have only part of it, and then um, probably they don't see the problems in other parts. And, and Scrum is very sensitive framework. So if you don't do like the transparency well, it hits you in adaptation and in inspection and, and so on. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not possible to do like a suggestion. It, it's like uh, the guideline, yeah? I believe it might be a good idea to, to record the another episode only about the uh, what wouldn't, what will not work if you are not doing Scrum correctly, and, and yeah. what could happen in, in such situation? Because I believe that we seen a lot uh, in our history uh, of, of uh, working with our clients and, and working on the inside project where Scrum sometimes doesn't work because 
actually haven't been a scrum. Uh, so, uh, okay. So we have values, we have pillars. We know that the scrum is framework. So uh, what else? And, and what, what, how, how does it combine together? Okay. Um, so, yeah. In the scrum, we have kind of um, um, periods in which we work and deliver and learn. And, and that this cycles we call sprints. And, and in the sprint, um, at the end, we deliver something which is available or can be released or is a piece of the product, uh, very important for our end users, for example, or our clients. Um, but this cycle, then every next cycle, we're just learning more and more. Mm -hmm. So we are much better in a delivering product. Um, so actually, for me, entire cycle in a Scrum, such as this learning, this is a learning process, which um, have some special abilities to um, do it quickly. And this framework just allow us to make it, um, to position it very, um, in a very good manner. So you don't need to actually remember it. It help you to remember things, how to do it. Mm -hmm. But you have to just commit yourself to, to these values, to these processes. And, and then Scrum help you to, to deliver it better each time. So this is the learning cycle for me. So actually Scrum is based on the uh, empirical, is an empirical approach. Yes. Uh, for, uh, and I, I, when, when we spoke before, you name it as an empirical decision-making process. Yes. So, so okay. Uh, so why, why does it matter, for example, for startups, but not only for startups, for any kind of product development, to actually use this kind of empirical uh, decision-making process. Why we shouldn't, uh, you know, make a decision based on our assumption, for example. Yeah, because we're, it's very easy to be misleading in delivering uh, the, the product because we see things here, delivering to coding and thinking about the product. But there is a client, there is a user out there. Mm -hmm. um, which is uh, at a lot of users which have uh, different perspectives and, and this is a market which on which these users are living and uh, existing. Uh, so um, everything there, there is quite complicated. And at the beginning, we don't understand. We have some hypothesis uh, that it should work. So every time we do something, we testing our assumptions. So this is learning cycle. We deliver it to the, our, to the clients, to the market. Mm -hmm. And we are looking for feedback and this feedback allow us to, um, improve, uh, the product or, or change the, the direction on which the product should go. Mm -hmm. um, and that is important for startup because startups mostly, uh, based on the, that they can do quickly things. Um, and the, the quicker we learn in a startup, then I believe there is a higher chance to success. Mm -hmm. So that startups uh, should be highly, um, like, um, thinking about using Scrum, I believe that's, that's something they support them. Definitely. Sure. So, uh, you, you actually described one of the two learning loops in Scrum. Like the, the first one is that, that you described that, that we have this learning about the product and, and how, uh, how the product is, uh, evolving and then we can incrementally, because it's very important that, that you mentioned that, uh, every iteration, every cycle. Uh, it's called a sprint in Scrum. Uh, we want to have something that is at least potentially reusable, some increment of a product. Scrum is also incremental, it's iterative and incremental. Um, 
So at least one increment uh, or the increment is actually usually built with a couple of changes that could be released together or separately. So we can release a couple of times. It doesn't mean that we have to release only once per sprint. Yes. But th this ca cadence, this iteration ends with the sprint review uh, where we can actually um, discuss together with stakeholders, with, with, with the clients, with sometimes we can invite users of the product and learn uh, what they think, uh, what do they think about the, the changes, the increment that we are going to release or we just released because it could happen during the sprint. And we can learn from that and learn what could we do or what should we do next, not even in the very next iteration, but maybe next in the future, etc. So this is this one learning uh, cycle, this one, one learning um, loop that, that we have. The second one is uh, that the team can actually based on this user's feedback, based on some data uh, from the from the market, from from the from the product itself, um, the team and also the data, for example, about their velocity or capacity, how 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 did they work, how much work they performed during the sprint, how hard it was, what they discovered, uh, if there was any um, surprises uh, during the sprint, something that they uh, did predict, predict. The team can also adjust the process yeah. and. This is the second learning, second learning loop. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, um, when you look at the when you're trying to like um, draw how the process looks like. It seems like this uh, second loop is smaller, but for me they're equal in value. Mm -hmm. And the second loop, um, like as you mentioned, uh, is it's about the processes. Actually, all the things we're doing, um, delivering this product as uh, in this increment, it's a kind of process mm -hmm. and. Yeah, we can understand better, as uh, we already discussed, we can understand better the product, the, the market, but at the way to delivering it, we can find that something is not working perfect for us. So we can deliver it better, quicker, more efficient, I would say. And that's the second loop is about how to improve our work to this, uh, this other process will be much faster, smoother. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there is like a famous grab when Scrum is working well, each iteration we going uh, better and better in both process and value we deliver um so that uh, like accumulated value at the end is much higher than in other uh, methodologies which are used on the market mm -hmm. um yeah so so those are those two main learning loops um there is a third one the the, the, the smallest one like like a daily loop like, like that that actually the, the, the single question that we, maybe not the single one, but, but the, the question that we can ask for thanks to this loop is, uh, are we going in the, in the right direction? Are we, are we going to achieve our goal for this iteration? And that, that happened during the daily scrum. Okay, so we have these this three loops. Uh, let's get back to the first one, the product one. So, uh, sprint review. This is an event at the end of every sprint, uh, not at the very end the first of the events at the end of the sprint. Um, so what happened during the sprint review? So, so review, as I said, is, is like the, the final um, e event uh, on the Scrum. During this um, event, um, everyone, hopefully, uh, the team uh, members and the, mm, the client, and hopefully, and it will be very nice to have the end users, comes to see uh, the increment, so the change and they can decide at this um, at this uh, meeting um, if the change is vulnerable, if this uh, change uh, help the user achieve the goals uh, in the way they they want. And that is the one of the parts. So 
the team looking for feedback, looking how the um, users or clients using the, the tool so they can um, think about uh, maybe uh, improve something so they can uh, like inspect what they did and they can adapt uh, so they can add something to the backlog uh, which can improve further uh, the, the product. And also there is all the other part of like inspection and transparency where uh, the team discussing with the business uh, actually the uh, next steps uh, if something changed on the market sometimes team doesn't have this information this information um, there is on business side and then business understand uh, maybe are closer to the strategy and changes on the market so it's a good uh, point to um, and good time to ask if some if there are next moves uh, next steps which uh, we are gonna implement are in line with a strategy, have to something be charged. So this is kind of like uh, asking um, question about the agility. If if we can do the change now, is something changed which uh, push us to do some changes on our side as well? And that's what the review is about. Okay, so uh, so one more thing here to add. Uh, the, the the way I always describe review is that I, I always try to show people that there is a difference between demo and yeah. review. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is a common mistake. Yeah, because common mistake. Yeah, yeah. The demo is like um, 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 sometimes I heard or that the team's showing like a presentation what they did. PowerPoint. Yeah. PowerPoint. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, there's a very nice pictures. Everyone um, said, "Oh, it's fantastic." Does it difference the difference from uh, showing Jira backlog or sprint backlog in Jira? Like for me, it's like the same. If the team shows only Jira during the sprint review, it's exactly like. They could actually put it on the slide in the in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it doesn't make sense exactly. So, so how should you look, look like? It should be like um, as I said when this uh, business uh, representatives comes and the user comes, we actually would like to show them not like show them as they see. Uh, they we would like to use them. They, this uh, this yes, use and this and discuss and discuss it. Yeah, like yeah. actually what I always t tell to our teams is to send. Uh, to the to all the stakeholders who, who are invited to send some information before the sprint review, even send them some instructions so they could uh, actually use the product, use the increment, uh, notice on their on their own before the sprint review what have changed, and uh, be prepared for this to actually during the sprint review, which is uh, for example for two weeks long sprint, it's just a uh, forty five minutes. Yeah, oh, sorry, we have only one and a half hour to actually make the most probably very important business decision, like uh, the decisions what we are going to do next in the next iteration. So uh, you can imagine that that's uh, two weeks long iteration of a team, let's say of five developers, product owners, and scrum masters, is a lot of money. So uh, this is a point in time where we actually need to make a decision what they will be working next. And we need to assure that they will not waste this time and waste this money, like every hour of it seven uh, people team or, or six people team uh, is worth like a lot of money exactly. especially for startups who are usually short on money definitely um, yeah and and that's that's why it is very important to to discuss this is on as i said one and a half hour but um there's a lot of things to show yeah we have to look at uh, at the the product the increment how it change how the people using it uh, we have to discuss the uh, some kind of points uh, which change our strategy so uh, it's a lot of things, and it's a very good idea to um, to send this information before, especially as you mentioned previously that we can deliver not only at the end of the um, of the sprint, we can deliver it continuously, like during the sprint, and actually each small incre increment which 
falling the 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 at the end in the in, entire increment uh, can be tested and we can receive a feedback much easier. So it's not surprise at the end of the sprint that uh, something has to be changed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's even good to actually ask for a feedback before we release yeah. something to production. And it might be good to, to good ask the stakeholders if this is something they, they actually wanted to be delivered uh, before we deliver it. Uh, because then, uh, of course, with the current technology level and, and development methods, uh, reversing uh, all the changes is usually not very difficult. And then we can, we can do this, but still, uh, sometimes, sometimes it's a, it's a waste, and especially from the uh, user's perspective, it might be considered as some kind of, of problem uh, if we the release something and then revert it back. Um, okay, so sprint review is mainly about the product, about the increment. This is the discussion, and this is a decision-making um, uh, point in time in, in the sprint. Uh, we make this decision based on the data that we collected during the sprint. Uh, that's uh, about we, we can make it based on the feedback that we, that we have, etc. Uh, and we actually take a look at the product backlog. Yes. Uh, we'll discuss what, what the product backlog is in, in a moment. And, uh, and what next? What next? What, the, the, the very next meeting that is actually done by the uh, event, not the meeting, that is done by the, performed by the, by the team itself, without the stakeholders, it's sprint res retrospective. What's happened there? Yeah, the, the sprint retrospective is uh, it's about the second loop uh, about processes uh, and people. Uh, so um, when we receive the feedback, uh, we already know that uh, we doing great or not, and maybe we have some already some clues uh, about our work during the sprint. Um, so then there is the like point in time before we begin uh, the new loop uh, of the sprint. Um, uh, then we can uh, we can. Uh, like sit together, the team representative sit together, uh, and they discuss what can they can be improved, what was strong maybe, uh, what was good because it's also good to maintain the good practices. Um, and um, during this discussion, um, it's just like run table. Everyone have voice to, to set something. Um, we decide what is the most important to change in our processes to be better in the next iteration. So yeah, at the end of this, uh, like the outcome from this uh, retrospective is like action points, uh, very very well described and uh, with uh, assignee already, what have to be done uh, and who will do, uh, do these things to improve the processes next time. And when. And when, yeah. And so we know exactly what happened. We can measure it in the next iteration if it change happened and if the outcome expected is, um, is correct or not. So we can also then adapt uh, to the situation. Um, uh, yeah, and that is that is very important. And I'm, when I'm teaching people Scrum, we often um, right, reflect this uh, into the education system. When people um, get, let's say, the um, score at the end of like an exam, the score means like A plus or for whatever measure it. Uh, but then there is no loop about how we can improve the learning process to deliver it. Why would you like to improve yeah. from A plus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or maybe a plus is not, but if someone get a B, C or D, okay. whatever, yeah, then what we can improve, what, what was wrong in the process that we received such yeah. low score? Uh, and then uh, usually it's like in the education system, we're going further and we have this, um, this uh, lack of uh, knowledge uh, with us 
to the next level, so they're yeah. not helping at all. Yeah, so later it's even worse. Uh, I believe it's pretty the same in the in the software development process. Uh, yeah. When when we are not learning or when we are not improving these uh, problems that we have from the very beginning, they accumulate, and then after some time they they are even worse. They're even more costly. Yes. So learning about them and and there, that that's a bunch of different things that could happen and that we could learn like from starting from the communication within the scene, the team, the communication with the stakeholders, with people outside of the team, um, the uh, the tools that we are using that are problematic, the methods that we are using, maybe the quality that we are de delivering is not correct. And maybe, for example, we are not testing enough or, or uh, we have some, uh, we are collecting some kind of uh, technical, technological debt, um, like decreasing the quality because we are moving too fast and that's increasing mm. without monitoring it without learning from the data, from, from everything, what we observe during the sprint, we are actually collecting all of these problems and they are in, 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 increasing with time. And later on, they, they might be very, very costly to, uh, to uh, solve or actually very, very costly to, uh, to maintain because still we'll have to deal with them when trying to, to deliver some value. And I see also that there is no like, um... Um, you know, a direct uh, relation between uh, results and you observe some problem and you actually don't know uh, what is the root cause of this problem. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, there was, you know, that's not many hypotheses you can test and you can find, but when you accumulate all these problems, after a while it's so big, so you cannot, uh, cannot track it at all. And you you don't know where to dig in to find the root cause. So that, that's, uh, that's why um, the Scrum uh, give us this um, tool, like a retrospective, to do it like regularly, and we can um, regularly fix the problems and adjust, adapt ourselves to the process. Mm -hmm. well, that's that's correct way, I believe. Okay, so perfect. So we had the sprint review at almost at the end of the sprint. Then very next was the sprint retrospective. What sprint review? We discussed the product, the increment. We decided what we are going to work on next. Uh, maybe. In next iteration, or in the very next iteration, or maybe in the in the in the next couple of iterations as well. Then we had the sprint retrospective where we discuss the process and we decide what we need to improve, what we want to improve, what we will improve in the next iteration. Uh, and that's that's the end of the sprint. And that's the moment okay. that that the sprint ends. And immediately after the sprint ends, the second the next sprint starts, and it starts with planning with sprint planning. So how this kind of event look like? This is very important because it's the, the beginning. If we do not plan well, then it will hit us in the entire sprint. So um, after all of these uh, end, uh, ending meetings like the review and the uh, retrospective, we have some, uh, we accumulate some knowledge. We know uh, we have an action points which bring uh, deliver on our retrospective. Uh, and we have, um, we have some feedback uh, and, and maybe we already adapt the backlog uh, on the review when we get the feedback from the clients and from the users. So now we have a lot of knowledge which uh, uh, give us some uh, opportunity to adapt. Um, we know what we can do next because we discuss it in the business on the review. Uh, and then, um, of course, there is another meeting which need to be done, but they done during the sprint. We'll maybe discuss it later, which can improve our backlog. But Assuming that we that our backlog is in a good state, we understand what we need to do, uh, and then um, on the planning, um, 
simply uh, the team and product owner knows what needs to be done in the next step. And so they uh, know about the goal, the business goal. The product owner comes with this and need which needs to be addressed to the to the team. And then together with the team looking at the backlog, what, what is in the backlog, and they can decide what we can pick in this, from this backlog to the next sprints to uh, which help us to achieve the, the goal. Of course, sometimes it's like uh, um, what uh, in a higher, very general perspective, the goal is too big and have to be defined, um, have to be negotiated mm -hmm. to, to be to adjust to the current state of the backlog and the knowledge of the team. Mm -hmm. But then it is like this negotiation going on we decide uh, what can be done, how we can do it. Uh, at the planning, we also think about all mm, the blockers or the things which can um, change the perspective during the sprint. Let's say someone say, oh, sorry, I forget to tell you that uh, in the middle of sprint, I'm, I'm taking my holidays. Mm -hmm. So I'm off, I'm, my capacity is null at this time. So we cannot uh, deliver everything what we thought at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So all these um, insights are very important for the team to decide what to do. And simply, uh, entire team need to understand what uh, they want to achieve, how they want to achieve it. Uh, so everyone are on the same place and they can help each other because they are multifunctional team, mm -hmm. they are cross-functional, I say, cross-functional team. Yeah. Uh, and they, they need to understand it the same way. If not, then uh, if someone is missing, then uh, like team is blocked, they cannot deliver at all anything mm -hmm. in the sprint. That, that means that they are not cross-functional. Yeah. Uh, simply. So uh, the team actually have to uh, decide and actually prepare the plan for the sprint. And the plan is what will be done and how we are going to perform it. And what I've seen many times is that uh, teams usually stop on, on working on, on deciding, okay, we need to do this and that. Okay, we have sprint planned. Uh, that, that's not a plan. Like, like deciding what we are going to do is not not the plan yet. Like we need to decide. Okay, so how we are going to do? We need to discuss it more uh, in details and and decide. Okay, so uh, for example, for implementing this this feature, this increment, we will need to change the front end of the application, change the mobile apps, uh, maybe add some API calls, maybe change some da database. Uh, we'll have to maybe do some research on that, maybe do some design or, or something else. So every every aspect of this uh, development of this feature need to be planned. Right? Like it will be perfect if we already decide uh, how much it could take, how much time it could take, uh, who will perform the work. But still, like like I I wouldn't recommend to over planning here because we we may get to the point where you know like we have a sprint plan that's okay. You have. Uh, capacity of uh, 80 hours, so uh, 78 hours of your time is already planned till, till the end of the sprint. That's 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 not the point. But still, like deciding who can do that, and then maybe even at the end of the planning or doing the planning, we can, for example, see that we have one rockstar developer who is involved in every uh, item that that we are going to work. And actually, this is something that that is not good because yeah. uh, at yeah. the end of the sprint, it may occur that uh, all of our work will need to be streamlined to uh, to this guy's uh, capacity and at the end it may occur that okay we will not gonna make it will not deliver what we what we planned so uh so yes yeah, so, so the team as a team as a whole need to plan how they want to uh deliver the the scope or actually how they, how they want to achieve the goal that you haven't named it's it has a name it's a sprint goal a business objective for the next iteration that we want to achieve 
it's perfect if this goal is defined in a smart way. Um, I believe that everyone knows what a smart way, a smart goal. Uh, if not, you can Google it, S-M-A-R-T. Uh, but but it doesn't have to be you know, like like it, it, it it's great if it's smart, but it don't have to be. Okay, so we have this planning. Um, then we run the sprint, but maybe before the the before the planning, like there is something that that we missed here. Yeah? Like we haven't mentioned. Okay, we mentioned, but we haven't described that in details. What is the product backlog? Product backlog. Yeah, yeah. That's like the, the, yeah, that all of these things are not happening in, in voice in the void it doesn't it doesn't work that way that um you know like ideas came from some some clouds so some space and and people are just working on that it's also a work that that someone usually the product owner but perfectly if the product owner to get together with the team uh, have to have to perform the work on the requirements that are yeah. in, in descri described in the product backlog so what is the product yeah the product backlog is is like the yeah, in the definition is the order list of things to which need to be done, and it exists before uh, the cycle starts. Yeah, we can say that we feed the sprint with mm -hmm. backlog, it's product backlog. We feed the sprint backlog, and we can begin work. So that's something we don't look during the actually the team uh, and maybe product dollar yes, but team uh, only one point uh, in the entire um, Scrum cycle we looking in a sprint back is product backlog. But the, the cycles is about the sprint backlog. So um, this artifact, the product backlog, as I said, is ordered list of things which needs to be done. There is the granularity is there. So uh, when we think about the, we, we know more about this kind of task or user story or product backlog item, it should be higher. So it gives you like, okay, I'm able to deliver it because I know already a lot about this, if not, then it's in the in the bottom of the backlog, uh, and of course there's. Um, but actually, it's not a. The, the, that's not the way you should order the backlog. It's actually oh, like when you have an order list, uh, order it a list of of uh, items. Yeah. It's a product backlog already, and despite the details that we have in each item, uh, the order came from the uh, business objective and this is then, then this is the second thing because there's also the priorities which are actually the work of the product owner to uh, to decide about. Um, yeah, but of course, when you look at the priorities and in a five perspective, we're looking down it, it, the things we uh, know more about are higher than uh, the things we had. At least we try to add more details to the things okay. that are on the top of the backlog. And that process of adding the details is called refinement. Yes. Backlog refinement. Exactly. And this is the, the one of the event at which actually the team, entire team looking at the product backlog during the sprint. Um, so this is kind of assumption or there is like a strategic plan in which we know that the very high probability that these these things which are in the top of the backlog will be the next things which we're gonna do and uh, we need to discover everything about this before we go and deliver it because if not then there will be a lot of risk and uh, that maybe we miss something and we will not be able to deliver that and so, like for me backlog refinement is usually the the first thing that came to my mind when I see that the team, for example, struggle during this sprint planning, or especially when I see that the team during the sprint review says that, okay, we delivered only, I don't know, 60-70% of what we planned. Uh, that usually, or I would say even in the most cases, means that they haven't done enough backlog refinement. In an old version of the Scrum Guide, it was said, it was written that 
the team should use at least 10% of their, uh, not at least, at most 10% of their capacity on the backflip refinement. As far as I know, in the current version, there is no limit. Like they, they should do the refinement as much as it's needed to actually the process to work on, to, to, to work good. Uh, and this is something that I, if you are already working with Scrum and if you are struggling with your uh, sprint planning, sprint review, in, in you're struggling with delivering uh, what you promised or committed to uh, during the, the sprint planning, most probably you are not doing enough backlog refinement and, uh, or you are not doing it correctly. So maybe let's, let's talk a little bit more how to perform correct backlog refinement correctly. What does it mean? You said it's an event. I, I, I said, I, I would say it's, I would say it's a process. It's a process. Of course, uh, sometimes people uh, need some, uh, need some time to get uh, sit together, but of course each individual member can sit with something and, um, do it like offline from the team mm -hmm. and then like, sure, the knowledge with the team at some meeting. It's actually like a research, uh, yeah, yeah. requirements analysis, like those are the things that exactly. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need a kind of uh, product owner who give us some mm, context on the uh, this backlog item which we're gonna refine. Uh, so uh, we need to understand, like a team need to understand why they need to do this, what is actually input, um, because sometimes we, uh, well, we have to deliver, let's say, some uh, user interface. So we need some design. We need to know how it should be planned uh, in front before we begin to decide. How big is it? If we can deliver it, um, and what need to be done to deliver it? So as I said, we need some input. This input comes from different things, like from the technical research from the team, from the business perspective. So the product owner delivers that uh, from the user designer. Not necessarily product owner, like product owner, right? But is responsible for that. Is responsible, but but at the end of the day, it may be done by any any team member who actually, for example, talk to the to the to the stakeholders or and talk to some domain experts, business domain experts uh, in the organization or outside the organization or do some research, I don't know, uh, desk research or something like this. Of course, and it can happen that during the process, the team members become expert, domain experts and they all... But it's also a learning yeah. process, you're learning about the domain and, and so, so yeah, I, I mean that what you started from, that Scrum is about learning. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that's, that's completely true that that's, uh, the team, the, the people can also learn the domain when they work on it in the more structured way, uh, not, not in a chaotic way that, okay, we just, oh, there is some information. No, that group refinement is also a process of, of learning or gaining information about what we are doing, why we are doing this. And often it's even uh, discovering things that no one in the organization knew about before. Yeah, absolutely. But um... I believe that the, the product owner, um, him or herself, uh, is actually needed during the refinement sometimes because the main reason the product owner, according to the Scrum Guide, is uh, that the person who had this role maximize the value. And sometimes, you know, there's a problem. Uh, technically, there's a lot of uh, opportunities to deliver or solve this problem. Uh, but sometimes, um, um, if teams doesn't understand, um, because the, the Developers mostly want to deliver very right, good quality things, um, and that's fine. But of course, there is kind of if we need to do it with this cost, maybe we can deliver something which uh, give us a um, hint and uh, maximize the value of the product quickly, and we can learn quicker. So we can deliver it in three days, not in two weeks, uh, something like that. That's main the product, or we, we'll discuss it in a moment. Like we'll sure we are going that there. I believe that this is a, the refinement process itself 
is something uh, which Scrum teams likes because they can like autonomously decide and think. Uh, this is like the um, you know the uh, the process of thinking, critical thinking about the problem which nobody solved yet, for example, and you you have ability to deliver it for a new way. And this is fantastic. The team learns, uh, the team discussing. So the the culture is um, um, is, is creating during this like uh, this cooperation and team uh, improve the morale. And at the end, we all of them do when they find all these inputs, they meet together, they find the solution. Um, they like understand the problem and they understand better the business and the goal which they are they're going actually. Mm -hmm. So um, increases the motivation. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely, anyone who is running a startup and if you are struggling with uh, your team's motivation, uh, you know there are no better uh, perks like like uh, free fruits uh, in, a, in in the kitchen uh, and uh, you know and other stuff. It's it never uh, replaced the uh, understanding of the of the business of the product and uh, the motivation that came from being a part of something that that I feel is important for for me personally so remember i like have a whiteboard with some pants uh, coffee and discuss the problem and usually it works like when you mm, support the team give them the problem and uh, they will pay off with uh, uh commit themselves and uh, to solve this problem for you so that's that's important in startups i believe okay so backlog refinement is a process uh where we trying to add some details to the requirements that are on the product backlog and usually we are uh, focusing on the on the product backlog items functionalities features that are on the on the top of the of the product backlog because the order of the product backlog came from the priority the business objective uh, other stuff um, the product backlog is actually a description of how how or the maybe not description the ideas of how we are going to achieve something that it that also should be defined in Scrum, mm -hmm. which is a product goal. Maybe you can tell at least more about the product goal. Yeah, and I mean, on top of what we say about the product backlog, this is also a list which uh, is very strange for anyone who heard it first time. Uh, this never ends because uh, we believe that our products never end. Uh, even we deliver it to the market, the market evolves and the product evolves with the market. So it, we will continuously adding things to the backlog. Uh, because the we, we discover uh, new um, new ideas, new um, needs on a, in on our in our user in our market. Maybe we will see an opportunity to move to another market, and it's also open the backlog for new items and, and so on. And that's difficult uh, because if you not um, like have kind of skills to manage it well, it will explode because your backlog will rise and rise and be too big to be manageable. And this is the role of the, of the product uh, owner or product manager to like keep hand on it and maximize the product. That for me means as well um, manage your backup well. So uh, decide uh, with the business what don't need to be done. Mm -hmm. So that's just like opposite. People said, oh, this business is about what we can done, but in the backup, what we cannot, we don't need to be done yeah. to deliver what you actually promise the market. Yeah, to achieve this product goal, you know, like, like we define what we are going to, uh, not not what we are going to build. We define what our product is going to do for its users, and what value we add to the to the to the users' day to day life. Uh, whoever the users are, whatever the product is, you need to have a product product goal, and then the product backlog is the list of potential 
functionalities that we we can we can some opportunity we can but we don't have to do all of them to to actually um, achieve this product goal or move us closer to to this product goal um, and uh, and actually you know, increase the value that we deliver to our uh, customers, to our users. We can define a product backlog as a, as a description of, of, uh, of, of this product goal, the composition of the, of the product goal. As you mentioned, it never ends, like it's infinite and we can always add some things to the product backlog, but actually the role of a product owner or pr product manager is to cut uh, down the number of requirements to the absolute minimum or actually um, order it in a way that we will find the shortest path to achieve that or move ourselves closer to the, to achieving this exactly. product goal. There's always things which can be done and, but that's cost uh, for the, for the startups, for the clients, mm -hmm. uh, and the role of the product owners also like minimize the risk. They, we run out of the money before we deliver what we promise and we, uh, get a tracking and we, um, begin, um, the, this uh, entrepreneurship journey actually. So, uh. It's like the maximization of the product value means also to me like minimizing the risk that we will not deliver this product value. Mm -hmm. So this kind of uh, uh, also idea that's very important for uh, for everyone who is watching us uh, today that uh, if you have some classical corporate project management background and you try to build your startup in the same way that you have well-defined scope, timeline, budget some quality requirements and you think, you believe that that's exactly what you need to build to satisfy your, your users. Most probably, I would say that in 100%, but maybe 98-ish percent, you are wrong. Uh, you don't know what your users actually need. You need to ask them, but not only ask them, but actually show them, give it the, the next versions of your product. And that way you will learn what they actually need. If you want to spend all of your budget or majority of your budget on your fixed price, um, fixed budget, fixed scope project, uh, most probably you will lose most of this money. Some part of that might be reusable later later on, but you can you can and most probably uh, if you don't want to uh, waste some money, you you have to uh, make it in a different way. And Scrum is one of the frameworks that that help us uh, that is much more actually cheaper. Cheaper, cheaper, yeah. So uh, this is why we decided to Scrum uh, together with our clients. The entire topic of the uh, project management versus product management uh, project approach, uh, old waterfall approach to uh, to building, especially startups and and uh, product management approach, product led companies using, for example, Scrum and other agile methods or lean methods to, to building products for startups. Uh, that deserves the totally different meeting, different meeting, different episodes. So a serious, uh, yeah, or even a serious because that's 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 a serious that that's a very uh, wide topic, and we can talk about it for for uh, for an hours. We already mentioned uh, what is the product backlog. You mentioned there is something like a sprint backlog. Yeah, that is created do, during the sprint planning. Fine, yes. Yeah, so emerge from the product backlog. So these are things which uh, are picked up by the team. Uh, um, which they believe they can, um, when they deliver it, they will achieve the goals of the sprint. Yeah, so that is the what we close in in the sprint backlog, and we focus. Uh, this is one of the uh, the value uh, of the of the uh, of the credit potential. I believe at the very beginning, revenue and check out. Yeah, you mentioned four, but the yeah, we focus, and th this yeah. is like we focus now. The team 
is focused on this delivering uh, on, on this small piece of the product backlog, um, which they understand best, uh, which they know how it uh, linked to the goal. So they can, I mean, increase the engagement and, and, and they deliver it much faster and because they have no disruption disruption on uh, from the outside so it's like that's why we have the sprints yeah we we have this time when we can focus on the goal we can focus on on the plan we can focus on the on the value uh, we continuously think and check inspect it uh, during the daily as we discussed previously so we are like um trying to find the optimum way to deliver is as soon as possible during this iteration yeah, I always always try to describe uh, sprint as a as a box. Team is inside of the box, and no one is no one from the outside world is disturbing them. So the, there is like a plenty of processes that that happen around the team, but no one should. Of course, there might be some emergency or other stuff, but no one should uh, interrupt the team during the work, so they could focus on that. And even in a very chaotic and very emerging environment, uh, they could focus, and then they could actually perform. On the highest level and and deliver value to to the organization to the users. But of course, the team could uh, reach to other people from their box to to the, to the real world. Let's, let's call it that way. Uh, but the other way around, it shouldn't be done or or should be minimi minimized um, if you want to have the team that is performing well. So so this is also why Scrum is very good for for startups, but not only for software, maybe for for most of the uh, contemporary. Uh, product uh, development uh, endeavors, even in the very emerging, very fast-changing environment like startups, we can still perform. We can still have this inspect and adaptation, adaptation uh, loops um, inside of the team. Um, okay, you already mentioned another event that we haven't described uh, before in details: daily Scrum. Yeah, daily Scrum. Uh, I, you you mentioned it before that this is the third small loop all happen every day. Maybe like from generic perspective, when you look at these uh, pillars I mentioned, like the transparency, adaptation, and inspection, it happened in all these events um, actually, um, in different uh, late um, uh, composition. But it happened everywhere, and it also happened during the, the sprint daily. And the sprint daily is just like continuous check uh, if we are on a good track to deliver the the sprint goal. Um, and this is the problem here because um, people most time I am discussing it uh, with uh, with the people they don't understand it and I heard that people think about like uh, okay um, during the daily I am doing I'm just saying what I did yesterday what I am doing today and that's all I'm saying so this is a quick meeting but it's not about saying what I did and what I what I will do uh, because I believe that all this information are already in in a sprint backlog so we can look at this and we don't yeah. need to speak at all about this uh, stuff. We have to meet there at uh, this daily to quickly uh, see if nothing happened, which um, actually prevent us from delivering the spring goal. Something will happen. Uh, um, some of the team member can feel sick and cannot deliver something. Uh, we learn something uh, during the process, which we missed during the refinement. It could happen and we have to address it quickly. Uh, or some other things change, or I know there was some emergency or some production issue that we need to fix. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That all things influence the and can impact on on the delivering the goal, uh, on which we, the team commit uh, at the sprint planning. So that will be should be the core of discussion. Yeah? Oh, okay, so this is our sprint goal. Sit, let's sit around the sprint goal and uh, discuss what we can do to be there on time or quicker, if possible. For me, uh, the uh, this it's like 
very micro planning. On the planning, we're planning entire sprint. On the on the daily, we're planning next twenty four hours. But it's a planning. Okay, I have to go today um, yeah, to do this stuff. I have to check this one. Um, I have to call to the DevOps to check something. And how we do it efficiently to not block each other and deliver something sure. and have a progress. Or even if we could cooperate on something, we can yes. you know, like do some pair programming, or maybe there are some more complex uh, features items that. We can work together, not interrupting each other, but to achieve better results, make it faster, etc. So, so I really uh, like when I see during the daily if the team members are, um, as you mentioned, planning their work together, and that it, if that happens, I, I am convinced that they are working as a team, not as a group of individuals who where everybody is focused on their list of tasks and that's kind of So that's not my problem that anyone will not perform well. So. Mm-hmm. Due to different reasons. Yeah, so that that's actually sold the daily. It's very quick meeting. It should cost like 15 minutes every day. Uh, because up to. Up, yeah, but we don't want to spend more because it's like um, to spot the problem. If we spot it and it is require more meeting, then we plan. So maybe not all of the team members are required for discussing it. So we don't also, we don't want to uh, waste the time of the people which uh, can work efficiently with, with the task they have already. But if there's uh, some someone who can help uh, um, with s- some issues, for example, then we can okay, let's discuss it after the the daily. But we everyone knows what the situation is, so that's also the transparency, um, which uh, actually showing up uh, on this moment. Um, yeah, so so that's actually the, the this daily and everything actually from the small event like a daily to the big like a planning, everything is important as we mentioned at the beginning. It's not like you can do proper uh, Scrum without daily. You can do for a while, and after some time, things which are not addressed on the daily will kick you, and and there will be a very big problem for mm-hmm. I believe. Okay, so we already described all of the uh, Scrum meetings, like like a sprint planning, sprint review, sprint retrospective, daily Scrum, a process of better refinement. Uh, we described the artifacts, like a product backlog, speed backlog. Uh, we haven't mentioned definition of done. Yeah, that's which is not pretty important. Uh, and I believe that this is something that also many teams forget about. Uh, the definition of done is kind of, we can say it's just checklist. Sometimes we can describe it like that, but it's emerged from the, the experiences of the uh, good practices um, for the products and from the experiences of the, uh, the team members. Definition of done can clearly, this is an abstract for every uh, item in a backlog. So when we deliver anything from the product backlog or sprint backlog, it should pass the definition of done. And it's like the... If, if it doesn't, it means that we haven't delivered. We haven't delivered, it's not there. I mean, uh, it's not re- a potential receivable re- re- uh, yeah, product. It's just something we caught and nobody can use it uh, from different reasons. And, and then this definition of done is like the um, check of the quality uh, for me that all the process uh, which we done uh, assure that the end what we deliver uh, it provides value if not uh, if we forget to do let's say one of the part of the definition of done will be like our code pass the automation tests if not then there's potential risk that uh, during the um, when we deploy it and uh, business uh, will use it and it will be broken and then let's say client will 
uh, will pay for that, or uh, there will be potential miss in the business. For it, a lot of things could happen, but yeah, that is the process, uh, and the process is set at the beginning um, because the people have already some experience. They have some um, requirements, for example, so they define this together, uh, the scrum team, scrum team, but. Uh, when they learn the process, when they learn how the business work, they can um, expand this definition of done. And it happen, uh, can happen anytime. Uh, but if it's not very um, impactful, I would say that most people think about it during their retrospective because it's a kind of the process. We observe that normally when we're going through the process, definition of done become more and more sophisticated uh, because we think we uh, more and more about quality. Let's say there's more complex process, there is uh, more users, we have to be more careful. Mm -hmm. So our definition of done is uh, is better, but as I said, more sophisticated than at the beginning. It's a normal process. When we forget that, we can fall very easily um, into the trap that uh, we have to fix a lot of bugs and we will not deliver any value. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, so yeah, I always like uh, to tell that definition of done is the definition of the quality yeah. of things that we deliver, but also it's some kind of like a uh, like you have this, this gate on the airports that, that you go through during the, the uh, check-in that, uh, you know, it's like uh, if there are some bugs or some problems or, or some issues, you will not get in uh, into the airport. You will not fly to the production in this case. Um, so, so this is very important. This, this is also actually the point where we add the transparency to, to what, we, what we deliver and how much we are able to deliver during the sprint. Like I've seen so many times that teams deliver like sixty percent or fifty percent of what they what they plant, and another fifty is almost done. Uh, I always ask them, so show me your definition of almost done, and they said, no, we have only definition of done. So maybe next time, like try to take less during to, to for the iteration. First of all, go back to the refinement and try to do better refinement, more refinement, but even spend more time on that, so you will have less capacity in the next iteration, uh, and you will take less. But let's assume that, for, for example, they have like a. 10 uh, items, they delivered five that are done and five that are almost done. And uh, usually I found, okay, so next iteration, try to take six and deliver six. In the next iteration, try to take seven and deliver seven. And usually after three iterations, they are able to deliver 10 or 11. And then, then in the next iteration, 12, 15, etc. So they, they are improving only because they understood how to make things done and how to better um, align the process to, to how they work and better to cooperate to each other because they generate this a little bit of slack time that they can actually think instead of doing. Yeah. And so what we are teaching actually people here in Pragmatic Coders that uh, because of, like uh, everyone who do some coding or whatever work, if it's not finished, but this person feel that I spent a amount of hours, but I haven't finished, but let's say 80% is finished. And uh, they feel that this is very valuable, but we have to think uh, that we're not doing for ourselves, that for our clients, for our users. And if it's not delivered yet, it's there's no value. value. It's, there's no value if it's not in production. Yeah, there's no no value. And, and of course, we uh, we can um, think okay, that's uh, eighty percent done. We do this last twenty percent next sprint. But discussing about the, that during their view, for example, that yeah, we deliver fifty percent done and fifty almost done. Uh, this 15 is almost done, doesn't have any value for the client. Actually, even discussing it during the sprint review is a waste of time. So please never ever do that. Exactly. Like during sprint review, we are discussing things that are 
all, only done. Yeah. Uh, not almost done. Like yeah, that doesn't make any 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 point. Okay, so we are, we we are talking about them. Who are them? Scrum team. And Scrum. what what are the three roles in yeah. in the Scrum team? Uh, and shortly because we can like run another episode for each of this role, but but sure sure sorry, uh, short. So according to the Scrum guide, the, there is a three roles. There is like a product owner, a Scrum master, and uh, let's say developers. But I prefer set makers because uh, that not only developers deliver values during this uh, during the sprint. So makers, Scrum master, and the product owner. So that's three roles which actually cooperate together to provide the value. Roles or roles. recently it's called accountabilities, which maybe even better describe the uh, the the meaning of, of what it is. Actually. What they do? Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, I um, would say that this is uh, we have to remember that the Scrum teams are autonomous teams. So there's not like a hierarchy here. Uh, there's no like could be that some of the person have some leadership skills and this leadership skills help the team to achieve the goals. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is no like I can tell you you have to do this. It's, yeah. it's not. I am the technical manager that, that yeah. is inside of the team and I assign the task to everyone. Maybe if it works, but I believe it's uh, it might work to some extent. But I believe that cross-functional autonomous teams usually are much better and by much better I mean like a couple times better yeah. in, in in terms of the performance than the teams that are uh, micromanaged but by yeah. managers. They are much more empowered, yeah. So they can uh, think out of the box without any any press pressure. One, one thing here, like like, uh, like as 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 we mentioned at the beginning, like Scrum is a framework. There are some frames, and this autonomy happens only inside of these frames. It, it it's not like they are. This it's not anarchy. It's autonomy. It, it's not an anarchy that everyone do whatever they want. There are some uh, strict rules that everyone is working uh, according to. And uh, and, yeah, and and this is how and why it works. It's not anarchy. Yeah, and we always say that like autonomous or or freedom uh, comes with responsibility. So mm-hmm. these people have to be responsible for what they uh, what they promise, what they uh, decide to deliver during the sprint planning. So that's all these things are about the sprint uh, scrum values, which we discussed already. Uh, but if we think about three roles, like the the product owner thinks about. Uh, what is the uh, the right product? How to maximize it to deliver uh, the best uh, possible value? Uh, on the other hand, the, the develop, developer or makers thinks how to de- do these things right. How to deliver uh, proper quality, so definition of don't have to be fulfilled, and and the, the good technology, whatever. Or they use all the skills to to decide about us. And the third person is like the uh, in outside between. Talking, trying to, discussing all, with all these two uh, roles, so makers and product owner, how to do it efficiently. Uh, sometimes in some... Uh, actually teaching the team or mm-hmm. helping, helping you, supporting. Yeah, that's that kind of stuff. Uh, and I like the word efficiency mm-hmm. because sometimes I heard that we said that Scrum Master working, that they do uh, work faster. I don't agree with that because fast is not the agility. Yeah. They do have to have to do it efficiently, so do it of course, because we are efficient, sometimes we do things faster. That's normal. But the the doing faster is not the aim of doing of being from us. Yeah, we can we can deliver six times faster things that no one will use, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we focus on the outcome, we can deliver a lot, but with no value. Yeah, yeah. For example. Yeah. 
so yeah, and these three roles, they, uh, mm, they cooperate together. Uh, so the Scrum Master of Teaching, trying to uh, um, support the team with the problems and to establish good processes, for example. Mm-hmm. Processes for product owners, processes for makers. Yeah, I, I always say that, that the Scrum Master is a, mainly a teacher, a person who, whose only responsibility is to teach others how to use Scrum properly. Yeah. And to teach everything what is needed for that. For that. Like, like some teams will require another skills, another knowledge, uh, like for example, let's say the product owner is not experienced. So Scrum Master would have to focus more on the, uh, on teaching the product owner or helping her or him to, to learn the new product management skills, uh, tools, whatever. Uh, some teams will lack some technical knowledge. So the Scrum Master will have to assure that the correct process, learning process of the technicalities, uh, technical skills uh, or quality or whatever will be, will be there or Scrum Master have to teach the team how to uh, make a space, make a room for for teaching, uh, for for learning. Yeah, like like uh, for example, uh, the example that I mentioned that the team um, takes ten items to to, the, to each sprint that you are only five, and decreasing this amount to let's say five or the six in the in the sprint and forcing the team or teaching the team that let's let's do this. I'm teaching by the Scrum Master. Let's try this experiment uh, next duration. That creates a space for accelerate learning, problem solving, thinking, yeah. uh, and and this is this is the the main role of a scrum master. Yeah, that's we call him or her master. Yeah, yeah. because that uh, sometimes because we are focusing on the work like of technology or on the business side, like the product owner, uh, we tend to forget about some uh, some good practices, and and the scrum master is like the guardian. Okay, uh, let's do it more transparent. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you don't do this transparent, your work will not provide value. Uh, that actually can work against you. So uh, yeah, this this cooperation is is crucial. Uh, I mean, and the team uh, need to respect. Uh, so this also respect one of the scrum value each other, um, and uh, and learn continuously. That's the the actually the most important for scrum to learn uh, together, um, empower in a power team. I believe it's worth to mention that at Pragmatic Builders we do things slightly differently. Although since many organizations there, they are hiring a Scrum Master as a, as a full-time job. In our case, Scrum Masters are uh, just the developers who are uh, trained in performing this role as a part of their uh, daily duties. I believe it's mainly possible because aside of, of uh, a Scrum Master, we have like a training Scrum training process that everyone who is working for us uh, in their first months are going through and this teaching, it's part of the teaching is uh, the system solution that, that we have, that we implemented pragmatically so everyone is on the same page, everyone read the Scrum Guide 16, 16 pages, uh, so everyone is on the same 16 pages uh, in the same book. So that simplified the, the role of the Scrum Master, but uh, of course in, in many organizations where, where this kind of system approach doesn't exist. Uh, in many organizations that do not have so skilled product owners, product managers uh, as we do, um, the Scrum Master job might be a full-time job and uh, that cost might be the cost of the full-time uh, person on the, of this role uh, and usually experts are not cheap. And I wouldn't recommend to hire a junior Scrum Master if you don't have any senior Scrum Masters around who could work with such a person 
so that cost could be justified in, in the organizations that do not have this all knowledge on the uh, on, on board. Uh, in our case, it's much simpler since Pragmaticos from the very first day was uh, designed as the agile company, and the Scrum was something that that we came to as a as a main way of doing things in the entire company. Even even right now in the marketing and HR department, we are using Scrum, uh, and uh, that works uh, perfectly. Even for the for the management, we we use I wouldn't say Scrum, but uh, something that is pretty close to uh, to Scrum. Okay. So I believe we went through all of the Scrum aspects. Like we started with uh, values and, and pillars. Uh, then we explained that Scrum is a framework. Uh, then Scrum is the empirical decision-making approach. Uh, we went through all of the events, uh, starting from uh, sprint uh, review, then sprint retrospective, then sprint planning. And that order of, of description, I believe it wasn't uh, it wasn't a random order, we did this on purpose. We also discussed uh, product backlog refinement, which is a process. We also discussed the um, the daily Scrum, the, the smallest learning loop uh, in, the, in the Scrum cycle. We talked what is the product backlog, we talked what is the sprint backlog. Uh, we also went through all of the three roles, like Scrum Master, Product Owner and uh, Developers or Makers, as, as you call it. Um, we also spoke about the definition of that, and actually, I believe it's that's it. That's that's the entire that's the entire spell framework. So um, let's let's try to wrap up all, all of the things together and try to uh, let's let's try to describe once again why do we think that uh, maybe not every but most of the startups and startup founders should consider using Scrum as the way their team works. Maybe not the startup founders, maybe CTOs, maybe product managers or CPO, uh, at startup VP of product, whatever you call it. Uh, why people who are responsible for the for the process, for the technology of the company, such as startups, uh, should consider using Scrum? Yeah. Um, I, uh, probably there will be a huge list of reasons, I believe, but uh, let's say focus on most important for me. Mm-hmm. Building startups is very intensive, um, like experience. Uh, you have to give hundred percent or two hundred percent of yourself, your time, uh, to deliver something for, and this happened for a couple of months sometimes, and you don't have uh, like um, guaranteed success. Success, you could fall. Is the different reason why it's not because of the scrum. Sometimes just the market. During this process, there's a lot of emotion and a lot of uh, decisions which needs to be made quickly and because of this emotion and decision making uh, intensity uh, and if you just uh, decide from your head let's say uh, it could you could fall with uh, with the decisions which are have no um, argument uh, behind it so you just decide because of your feelings and, yeah. Data. yeah, exactly. And then, uh, as we discussed here, uh, the, the Scrum is uh, based on empirical approach. So everything that we learn and what we observe is like documented in some uh, behavior data metrics. It helps a lot to, to the founders to make them very good decisions, much better than based on on the, on the feelings, good feelings, um, especially in a, in a situation that will be very difficult. Let's say you are run quickly out of the money or you have to decide something because something has changed on the market. Uh, this, uh, the structure of the Scrum help you to like 
focus on something, you see the, the metrics, you see the, uh, the learning curve, you have support on your team, experts from, uh, from different, uh, technologies from the business, like product owner, all of these just give you a lot of uplift in, in your decision. So that's for me is the most important aspect for the scrum, uh, like a scrum is good for a startup. Other things is like, mm, I believe that the startups as also, is also kind of, um, process of learning. If you learn, let's say, use the tool, which also allow you to learn efficiently. And as we probably, uh, yeah, we already discussed it and I believe that's true, uh, that the scrum is a framework, which based on the learning process. So it fits to me, it seems like it fits correctly into this niche where I think about the startups. Startups need to learn quickly. Scrum allows to learn quickly. So let's merge these two words and they should empower each other and, and, uh, give uh, some positive value. That's, that's my opinion. Perfect. Uh, I believe that's that one, one thing that is worth to mention here is that, uh, from my experience, from, from the experience of people whom I talk to, there is a huge risk in startups that people uh, are tend to burn out, uh, because of the chaotic environment, fast paced working, etc. And so uh, we haven't spoke about it, but this, this stable pace, this stable ca cadence, uh, iterations in Scrum, this framework, this structure that, that, that it, as you call it, uh, this is something that even in the very, uh, demanding environment, startup environments, a very chaotic and, and fast changing environment. This is something that, uh, is a good foundation for people to, to actually uh, work in the, in the stable pace. So they are not burning out at least not as fast in the, if they are not using scrum, uh, because of course, you know, usually people who are motivated as, as we also mentioned before, like the, uh, scrum also enforce, uh, or enhance the motivation of a team. If, if it's done correctly, if people are involved in the, in the business decisions, uh, if they are doing, um, enough of regular refinement if they have an access to, to the, uh, all of the stakeholders, etc., uh, they are way more motivated. Uh, and thanks to this, this framework, people are, um, learning faster and they are working more and more efficiently with every iteration. Uh, and they are writing about the product, about the business, the way, et cetera. They are way, way more motivated, way more satisfied by, by the job that they, they perform. And, uh, at the end of the day, uh, they are less, uh, fatigue or, or, uh, they, they are uh, not burning, uh, out from, from, from the work, uh, mm -hmm. as fast as, as people usually do in, in the startups. I believe that that's concluded our discussion about this graph. So, <laughs> so thank you very much, Derek, uh, for, for joining me together. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that we'll record another episodes about all of the things that we skipped today, uh, and that, uh, our work to mention. So, uh, please stay tuned. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to our channels. Pragmatic Talks is delivered to you by Pragmatic Coders, the first choice software development partners for startup founders. Be sure to catch all new episodes. Subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify or Apple podcast channels. And if you are thinking about building your own startup or struggling with product development, contact us and find out what we can do together.